Welcome into a new edition of the Going Deep Buffalo Show. As always, I'm your host, Kevin Masseri, here with Kevin Syracuse to not only discuss the big Steelers win, but also going to have a special guest on today, a friend of the show, Ron from Arrowhead Act. He'll be on in a little bit to discuss Casey again. We had him on just a month ago, so we'll get into that. And a brief appearance from my guy, banged up Bills, Kyle, Dr. Kyle Trimble, will be on to break down the 10 Bills injuries that we have to go through today. So do that at the end of the show. But first and foremost, Kevin, how are you doing today? And always, this show is brought to you by Sons of Erie, www.sonsofeerie.com. Check out the amazing artwork behind me, as well as one of the cooler um, designs that I think that's out there right now. It's a, a really cool looking one before I die, sure, as relevant as always. So maybe this is the year, Kevin. So how are you doing today? <laughs> Yeah, also, I just want to say that tonight's show is brought to you by Dave Dangler and Larson Timco Funeral Home in Fredonia. Larson Timco Funeral Home offering 100% fully guaranteed price and prearranged funeral plans with live streaming available. Why don't you tell so, us what it was like being, being there, said, Kevin? <clears throat> I was going to say, that being said, I feel really good because, like we said in the tweet today, Allen, Mahomes, AFC Divisional, third time four years, and this time it's in Buffalo. Fire me up. Yeah, I mean, we're ready for it. We're going to get into the KC game in just a little bit, but wanted to recap just a tiny bit. There's been a lot of 48 hours here of Steelers talk. There's lots of talk around how the Steelers would run us into oblivion and how the Bills were soft and they were not going to be able to compete against that O-line and uh, what they were able to do with uh, the replacements for TJ Watt. They've never been more prepared for TJ Watt uh, being out as well. Kevin, what was it like being there? How are the Steelers fan? How was the weather? How are the seats? Give, give us a little bit of everything. <laughs> Honestly, it really wasn't that bad. Now, I must say, even though I, I say that the temperature wasn't that bad, I did tailgate at my friend's apartment. And this is why it comes in clutch, because my friend has an apartment complex that's near the stadium. So we stayed there and then we got dressed at about 315, walked over and that came in clutch. And I'm not going to lie, it was freezing. But I tweeted this Sunday night that I went for a dress rehearsal because I was shoveling my driveway. I shoveled the snow. And I went out and I realized what I was wearing and how it wasn't enough and how I needed an extra pair of pants and my bill scarf. So doing that dry run was probably one of the best things I could have done because on Sun or on Monday, yeah, again, it was cold, but I was ready for it. And then once the bills started scoring, everyone was feeling good. So, um, you know, looking at it from the macro point of view, I thought it was a great day overall considering how much snow that stadium had and the, the pictures and the videos that we woke up to. And now reports were saying that they didn't even know if they were going to have fans allowed in the stadium because they didn't know if they're going to be able to clean out the aisles in enough time because that's how much snow was in that stadium. And considering they only had about 30 people shoveling, and that was overnight into Monday morning, where I was sitting up in the upper deck, I was in section 330 on Monday, the snow really wasn't an issue where we were sitting slash standing. Everything was matted down. It was packed, packed down, and uh, we didn't have an issue. I don't mind standing the whole game because who wants to sit, especially for a playoff game? So overall, was it cold? Was it snowy? Yeah, but it really didn't bother me. It was a great day. And now bring on the Chiefs. That's exactly right. We appreciate everybody tuning in. If you wouldn't mind smashing that like button, whether you're on Facebook, whether you're on YouTube, uh, Twitter, if you wouldn't mind smashing that, that would mean a ton to all of us here at the Going Deep Buffalo Show and all of our sponsors as well. Anybody listening on demand here for our audio edition, thank you as well from our Apple podcast to our Spotify listeners. 
thanks again. And yeah, we had a, a lot of Bills step up in this game as well. You had a Kyir Elam sighting, one where he was forced into action early on after the no fumble uh, by Pat Fryermuth, which was clearly a fumble. Uh, there was no angle that showed that that ball hit off anybody that was out of bounds. Uh, the ball clearly was recovered by uh, Spectre. And also two injuries on the play there. Spectre with his back, uh, ha- apparently we'll have Kyle Trimble on later. Uh, has a little fracture there in his back. We'll see if he's able to do a pain tolerance situation and play uh, in this upcoming football game, as well as we had Christian Benford go down there with looks to be varying levels of a meniscus. So we'll get Kyle on to talk about that as well to see if either of them are ready to go here in the upcoming Kansas City game. But therefore, here comes in A.J. Klein. Here comes in Dorian Williams as well after later on after a Terrell Bernard injury. We'll get into that one as well. Uh, at the end of the show. Um, but then you also had Kyer Elam coming in off of the bench, came in and immediately got trucked, then immediately let up a nice pass play, and then an interception, and then buckled down for the rest of the game. So that was pretty cool to see uh, Kyer, and then a penalty as well, that's right. So Kyer Elam came in and um, you know did his thing. You saw his scouting report pretty much at play in one drive. Uh, you saw the goods and the bads of Kyer Elam, but he is instinctive, and he did get it done and ran the route for Deontay Johnson for the interception in the end zone, and then played a fairly decent football game the rest of the way, Kevin. So what were you, was your opinion on some of these guys that had to step up from Kyrie Elam to A.J. Klein calling defenses off the couch? Uh, you had Dorian Williams, who was basically replaced by Spectre, really pretty low down the totem pole, came in and looked pretty nice in his read and react. Uh, so you had a couple of situations there. Dane Jackson step up really nicely. So I guess talk to us about what you saw from Kyer Elam and the rest of the replacement level defenders who came in and played a solid football game once again with the Sean McDermott defense. Well, let's look at this list of players first, and then we'll start to analyze them one by one. So I tweeted this the other day saying Bill's defensive players who played meaningful snaps, Dane Jackson, Kyer Elam, Balen Spector, AJ Klein, Dorian Williams, Cam Lewis, and Damar Hamlin, seven players. That is over half the defense, and I know they were in at different times. Maybe they weren't all seven together, but throughout that game, you were seeing that next man up mentality, and every single week, it has been working to the point where the Bills almost don't seem to miss a beat, and I don't want to keep living and dying on this because the injuries suck, and I hate that they're piling up because now the Bills are starting to miss some key players, but the fact that you take someone like A.J. Klein, who literally was on his way to Key West in the RV that him and his family bought. And then Brandon Bean texts him and says, hey, we we have a roster spot for you. We need some help at linebacker. Are you interested in coming back and playing? And he's a leading tackler for the Bills with 11 tackles. He goes from literally off the couch to playing playoff football. And then you take a guy like Kyer Elam with all the negativity surrounding him and his injury and just the, the mental struggles that he's had to go through being a quote-unquote bust, and for him to come back and make a huge play like that, man, I am so happy for him, and I'm so happy for all those other guys because, like I said, that is the definition of next man up mentality. And like I said with the tweet, we got to talk about Sean McDermott too because week in and week out, he continues to put these guys in great positions to where they are successful, and there isn't that big of a drop-off. I mean, this is a defense that is still without Matt Milano and Trey White. And for as much as we miss those guys, that speaks volumes that Dorian Williams and A.J. Klein and all the other guys that I mentioned can come in and the Bills don't even drop off a beat. 
Very true. And shout out to my beard and hair that apparently I'm not allowed to cut or shave. So here's evidence that I didn't do so. Uh, I put out a tweet, I don't know, like 10 days ago now asking if I was allowed to do either. Much to the to the surprise of many, Buffalo's very superstitious and said, absolutely not. The last time I did was during the bye week. Um, and it's now time. But now here I am. I'm playing the superstition role with all of you guys uh, because I'm not superstitious at all, but I do not want to be accused of any type of, of, of situation to where it's my fault. Anything happens. So I will not be taking care of this until after the bills lose, if they lose again, the rest of the season. Uh, but you see a lot of people step up in this game. And I think the funny part of this, yes, AJ Klein was on the roster. He hadn't played a snap this season, 43 snaps in week 19, which is the wild card around 66% of the snaps hadn't played <laughs> the entire season. And funny enough, Kyrie Elam hadn't seen the field since the week six game when, you know, he kind of uh, that week five and week six was all he played this season, you know, got in the game was, was active for week seven and the bills decided to shut him down for the rest of the year. Once they trade for Rizul Douglas uh, and we're pretty fairly healthy there at the cornerback position. So, um, you know, funny enough, these, some of these players were playing wild card snaps. I mean, Cam Lewis had been in the game, throughout the season. So him, not as crazy. The bills had nobody left on the bench. It was really like Saran Neal, who's a special teamer and Tyler Matakavich. That was it. That was all that was on their bench. Uh, Kingsley Jonathan was inactive. There was really nobody else left uh, to take snaps across the board for the bills on their defensive side of the ball. So uh, Tyler Rapp was obviously inactive. So there was, uh, I'm not, they didn't call up Ingram or Norman, which I thought was interesting. Um, we'll see what they do this week. Obviously, then we have Sam Martin go down and he's able to gut it out. But they bring back Matt Hack, a guy that has held the ball uh, for Tyler Bass. And he's he's known to be an elite holder. He only took three punts this season here uh, for the Browns just a few weeks ago. Punted pretty well. I actually watched the three punch to see if he could still punt. Um, but it was always known to be a really good holder. And that was the original problem with why would you replace Matt Ariza, um, you know, with an elite guy. Tyler Bass had come off a great season. Um, but here we are. Um, you know, we're not going to win the game punting. This is the divisional round of the playoffs in no stretch of the imagination. Um, should we even see much of him? Uh, we just really need him to help us out when in a situation where we do need to punt. But more importantly, if he's really good at holding, we saw some holding issues last week with probably a beat up and an injured um, with an injured player in Martin. Um, where it just wasn't the operation just didn't look good from the start and hence the injury. Uh, they missed that shanked that field goal too. That luckily didn't really matter, but would have been nice to throw another three points there on the board. And then obviously leading to the release of Leonard Fournette, I'm assuming was not very happy uh, that he wasn't able to be called up, even though the bills desperately, thank God needed AJ Klein uh, in that, in that football game. So I'm not exactly sure uh, what Fournette needed or if the bills just said, Hey, we need that vet roster spot because you can only have so many vets on the practice squad. We need to sign hack. We have to let you go. Or if Fournette wasn't very happy, um, but Ty Johnson's really their running back too right now. He's earned it. Uh, Latavius Murray does do really well in pass protection and they already have an active fullback in Reggie Gilliam. I'm not really sure where the roster spot would lie for Leonard Fournette. And if he wasn't very happy at the elevations, even though the bills needed to elevate Andy Isabella, who took seven snaps as well as AJ Klein, who ended up calling the defense. Uh, so there's really nothing that they could be done. I'm sorry to Leonard Fournette. I was looking forward to seeing some playoff Lenny, but ultimately the bills have a running back rotation that they like. Fortunately it has since the Damian Harris injury has been healthy. Uh, and Ty Johnson basically took his job. So it is, it is kind of is what it is situation there for Fournette. Uh, but thank gosh that the bills had, 
the linebacker call up that they did, or I don't know. Tyler Maticavic would have been playing. Um, it, it would not have been a good situation. So here we are with a much needed AJ Klein and a punter swap and a couple of other injuries that we'll go over here at the end of the show. But if you kind of look at some specific plays here in this game, not to beat them in the ground, but one discussed heavily was the fake slide. There's been compilations out there that is part of Josh's move. If he feels that, that he can juke into the open field, he will do so. This isn't a backup quarterback. This isn't uh, Baker Mayfield or Russell Wilson. This is a situation to where Josh Allen has open speed and he's going to take it where necessary. He's a cold day. He did not feel like he was going to get brought down there and said, look, I can see a path to the end zone. I'm not going down in this moment. I don't believe that this guy can get me down. Um, ultimately, it's the playoffs. That's when you do this kind of play. Like Brandon Bean always says, Kevin, not in week two, maybe. Um, what is your opinion on that play that basically busted the game to 21 nothing? Really put the game out of hand, uh, not for a blocked field goal to go up 24 nothing that Tyler Bass does usually make uh, for the most part. Uh, that game is over. Uh, you make that 20, you make it 24 nothing into half, and that's that's about it. But instead, it flipped it to 21 7. Uh, but ultimately, after that touchdown run, how were you feeling at that point? I felt great because, like you were saying, I thought the game was essentially over. And I was like, there's no way that the Bills are going to blow this lead because the Steelers don't have the offense to come back. And if they do, it would be another epic collapse by the Bills. But I was like, I'm not even going to let myself think about that. But then you start to see the injuries mount up. And then I'm starting to get a little bit worried and saying, okay, I know the Steelers are this tough, gritty team. They're not going to go down without a fight. And I was like, just get out of here. I, I tweeted at the beginning of the fourth quarter. I said, let's just finish this off the right way. Get out of here with no more injuries and then bring on Kansas City. And that's what they did. But I, I was worried for a little bit there, not going to lie. But in terms of that touchdown run, I think that kind of transitions us into playoff Josh Allen because you see him on a different mode. And we've talked about the Josh Allen experience before, but now we can talk about playoff Josh Allen. Because for as much as you can say that he was reckless against Miami with the three turnovers, but then he bounces back and he makes those insane plays. And you're like, okay, well, the great plays totally outweigh the bad plays. So we just got to ride or die with that. But then the incredible thing about Josh is that once he gets to the playoffs, he takes his game to a whole nother level where you're only seeing the good plays. Those bad plays, again, small sample size, but if you want to go back to 2021 against the Patriots, perfect game against them. And now against the Steelers, no turnovers. I said last week on this show, whoever wins a turnover battle is going to win this game. And you couple that with the fact that Josh Allen could potentially be on a heater right now. That is a scary combination. It is. And someone we also we didn't talk about, Dorian Williams, 21 snaps here, uh, played great against the run for the most part, was really good across the board. Um, I was worried about his run defense. I thought that that would vastly slip, but the Bills decided to say, hey, we trust our scheme and we're going to make sure A.J. Klein and Dorian Williams stop the run. That's how we think that the Steelers are going to beat us. They both played amazing against the run, shutting down a much revamped Najee Harris, a guy that was said to be able to, you know, he was running a little bit harder, five yards per clip, helped carry them and, and Mason Rudolph into the playoffs, was looking to be every bit as much of a, of a threat than he's been in his career. Um, so it was a little nerve wracking to see some of your top guys and Taron Johnson, we didn't mention going out yet, but him going out and having to stick the run. I mean, that's the Bills essentially were down to their fifth, sixth and seventh corners. 
as well as their fifth and sixth linebackers. I mean, that's just too much for most. It is just too much for most teams, especially in game. Can you scheme that off season or can you scheme that uh, for next week or next two weeks down the road? You sure can. Uh, but you certainly in game to be in linebacker five, linebacker six, corner six, seven. I mean, at some point that is just too much, but not for the depth that Brandon Bean has built uh, on this roster, Dorian Williams, the Bills, thank God the Bills took three third off uh, two third round linebackers because they needed one to become essentially an all pro level player in, in Terrell Bernard, who we'll get to too. Um, and then Dorian Williams, who was much needed in this football game. And that was a weak spot for the Bills, but to, to influx two third round picks at the linebacker position when many were like, well, we already have Milano. Um, was a situation to where these guys are versatile, they're able to overcome a lot. And it was really good to see Dorian Williams. So shout out to Dorian Williams, a guy who actually tracked down George uh, Pickens in the open field as well uh, on an end around when he could have gone further. Uh, so there's, there's, there, there, they had some good depth behind it. And AJ Klein for knowing Sean McDermott's defense uh, and what he was able to supply in this game out of, out of the blue. And yes, I'm not saying I rely on AJ Klein for the long term here. But 12 tackles, leading the team in run defense. Uh, you had Dane Jackson, basically the best coverage guy in this football game on the Steelers or the Bills. It was Dane Jackson, a guy that uh, allowed one early completion and one touchdown. But outside of that, did not allow another reception, only two catches against him, and essentially was locked down at his spot and a much-needed position against subpar receivers coming up here for the Chiefs. And we'll get into that matchup in a moment. But, Kevin, give us one player on defense specifically who was your step-up player of the game? Man, I mean, take anyone out of that bunch from, let me pull it up again here, just so we can appreciate what the Bills were able to do. So out of these guys, Dane, Kair, Spectre, Klein, Dorian, Cam Lewis, Damar, I would probably have to give it to Klein and Kair okay. Elam just because, I, you know, I, I think I would have to favor Klein a little bit just because, he was literally driving down to Florida when Bean called him. At least Kyrie's been practicing right along. But to be able to go from vacation mode to playoff mode and succeed the way AJ Klein did, that's that's almost unprecedented. And AJ Klein has had his ups and downs with the Bills. I mean, back in 2020, remember Twitter bullied him into being good, essentially. That was like the running joke. And he's just been that classic guy up and down between the practice squad and active roster. And like that's like the stereotypical example of how Brandon Bean says, be ready, because you never know when your number is going to be called. And that means be ready if you're a backup because you might need to play. But be ready because we might cut you, but we could sign you back in two weeks. Or in this case, we could sign you back months down the road. And the Bills are going with the white helmet, blue jersey, white pants, blue socks. Um, for anybody that is interested to know that information. But my player of the game, defensive step up of the game is Dorian Williams. I just think that he had fallen behind Spectre. You know, Spectre has some nice looking moments, but guys got to stay on the field. Um, he's been hurt in every stretch of his Bills career so far. Um, and just, just along the way in his first two years. But then Dorian Williams comes out of the blue um, and is able to step up early on in this football game when needed with his 21 snaps, basically behind, he was behind AJ Klein off the, off the couch, AJ Klein and behind a bail inspector as well. So there was not much hope for, for Dorian Williams in this game, but he came in abnormally seven tackles, one tackle for a loss, a guy that just was not expected to see the field. And even so didn't see field uh, for AJ Klein even. So I think I got a shout out to Dorian Williams and third round draft choice coming in the wild card round against a good rushing attack 
and doing what he needed to do in his 20 plus snaps uh, to make sure the Bills were in position to win the football game. And then you look on the offensive side of the ball and you see playmakers galore. You see the step up for Gabe Davis, um, you know, across the board. You see a guy in Khalil Shakir, um, you know, make just a crazy acrobatic play that we've seen across the internet now. Guy six foot, four, four, three speed, 190, just is reminiscent of a Stefan Diggs uh, in his early days. Uh, and then the Bills do have him locked up and do love to play him in the slot. I mean, what a nice emergence. And we started to see that emergence last year in the playoffs. However, then we started the season six catches, uh, and that was at 40 yards total from Khalil Shakir before week six. That was it. So we were wondering, you know, if, is it not really true? Is he not developing? What's the problem? But then he comes on strong for 600, basically 580 yards in the remaining 11 games, becoming a true slot threat, really to the point where, yes, the Bills may have a boundary need to position to, to address but you could you could feel pretty secure with Diggs and Shakir, right, Kevin? Like, what what were your thoughts coming out of that seeing Khalil Shakir and what the two tight ends are still able to do? Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the two tight ends because with Gabe Davis on the shelf, we don't know what's going on with his injury. He didn't practice again today, and again, we'll get to the injury report soon here. But Khalil Shakir has stepped up great, and I want to remind everyone that he trained with Eric Moulds in the offseason down in South Carolina, and I've been waiting for him to pop off because he is misconsistent and Mr. Reliable. And I think if you have Diggs, Khalil Shakir, and then Kincaid and Dawson Knox doing their thing, and then you still have Deontay Hardy with that extra bit of juice and Trent Sherfield with some upside, as much as I wish Gabe Davis can come back and play, I still feel confident with this receiving core, especially when you look at it from the tight end perspective. And, uh, you know, Dawson Knox has caught a touchdown. He's been the first player to catch a touchdown Every single year for, what, the last four years, he caught that the first one against the Colts. He caught the first touchdown against the Patriots. Last year, he caught the first one, and now this year against the Steelers. So Dawson Knox is another guy that steps up in the playoffs, and it was great to see Kincaid, his first playoff game, Allen threw that dart. And um, just to wrap this up, going back to tying it into your point with Shakir, the fact that he had the agility to stay on his feet and score, that was essentially the dagger. You know, we talk about that in basketball when the team hits that three-point shot and you you can feel it. And it's like, okay, I think that was it. They, they can't mount a comeback anymore. That was a dagger with Khalil Shakir on, on Monday night. So, overall, um, yeah, I, I'm still very confident with this offense, specifically the receiving core. Yeah, I mean – Look, I just think the offense has looked really, really solid lately. I mean, I mean, there's there's some issues, I guess, that people want more explosiveness or whatever it may be. But I think it's been all around a really good compliment. The Bills were running the ball fairly well in the in the game as well. Uh, that that to me was a big sign that um, Tony Romo loves to mention it. Anybody that was able to listen to the broadcast about how the Bills are different because they can run the ball. So anybody that did catch the TV broadcast can hear Tony. Uh, commenting and that Bills ran 34 times for 179 yards. I mean, at the end of the day, that's playoff running. It uh, doesn't matter if eight of those carries are from your quarterback. Uh, eight of them were from Ty Johnson as well. Those are your three weapons. Those are your three rushing weapons right now. Ty Johnson has pretty much replaced, um, pretty much replaced Latavius Murray, who does some checkdowns, does come in on third down. He's your third down back, which is funny, but it's just because he's such a safety valve and what he's able to do to help protect Josh Allen. Uh, two sacks on the day for Josh, but ultimately overall. Uh, the offensive line played fairly decent uh, once again in a total flip-flop, total difference from last season to where the biggest weakness, in my opinion, off of the Bills uh, going into this game last year 
was the offensive line. It just was not able to get it done in that snowy environment against the Bengals. Um, their defensive line feasted the entire day. Josh was, you know, throwing for a game plan like he was in a dome, and it just did not work out. So the, that's just drastically different uh, from what we're seeing already and the pass-blocking talents of David Edwards. What a, what, what, a, what a signing he's been. Uh, he comes in for whatever it is, his 20 snaps a game, played a little bit more uh, in this football game. Uh, but he's just been a, a revelation to me as a backup offensive lineman. He's one of the best pass blocking linemen on this team, as well as what he's able to do and run block as a six offensive lineman. Uh, he's had a random 170 snaps this season. So shout out to David Edwards, the Bills' real six offensive lineman, had to play a snap when the Govern went out for a play. Uh, he's just been a solid addition all around. And this is just completely different from the Bills not having any replacement level offensive lineman last year and was a major, major, uh, major issue uh, going forward. But also beside him, McGovern played a pretty solid game in pass protection. Uh, Dawson Knox had a good game in pass protection. Uh, you saw a good day from Spencer Brown. What a replacement he's been from his old self from last year because he's he's playing himself into a top 20 tackle right now. Uh, he's been as good as anybody's development uh, going forward in this in this specific year. He was supposed to be the biggest liability on the roster between him and Terrell Bernard, and they both turned out to be uh, the biggest, well, some of the biggest booms of the season at the middle linebacker and right tackle position. Uh, so maybe Brandon Bean does uh, know how to replace some of these guys. Dawkins only had an okay day, uh, but he did have a tougher task against Highsmith. Um, but other than that, like, um, the Bills offensive line played very well um, and especially, you know, in the interior played, you know, fairly well uh, in this specific game. Uh, and Brown was also really good in run blocking uh, beside his pass protection. So the Bills had some some really good looking looking plays. But, um, you know, it's 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 time to put this game to bad, Kevin. The Bills won. They're on to Casey. Any final wrap up thoughts about the Pittsburgh Steelers and the seven seed not getting it done in Buffalo? However, the other seven seed finally won, pushing that to one and seven. Uh, the, uh, the the seven seed is against the two. So that's the end of it. You did not want to be on is look like that at home against the seven seed. So what any final wrap up thoughts from the uh, from the game or what you thought of the Steelers game? Well, you mentioned David Edwards. And I just want to say that was Bobby Hart last year to put it into perspective. Oof. The Bills used Bobby Hart as that backup swing lineman coming in. He was essentially the second tight end, extra blocker. You can help with a little bit of chip in here, maybe. David Edwards is a lot better than Bobby Hart. And the Bills had Roger Saffold last year, too. And oh. Saffold has seen better days. So the fact that they've been able to transform this line, obviously I didn't hear the broadcast because I was at the game, but I like when the broadcasters talk about that because that's why this team is different. Because I feel more confident that they can win a game in the elements because they built up the offensive line and the run game is, well, cooking right now. So that has me feeling more confident that they are a more well-balanced team this year than they have been in any other of Josh's career. It sure has been, and, and, and they did. They finally found players that fit their scheme perfectly, um, guys that you can say are are – you know, pros and they're the, I think they're the only team left that have, has every snap from every starter start the season at the offensive line position in, the, in, in this specific year. So it's That's a huge crazy. win there, Kevin. So if you look at that, um, it's definitely been a, a major addition to where they were struggling um, mighty stretches at this time last year. That was one of the biggest difference was I don't think anybody trusted some of those guys you had just mentioned 
to really get it done late in the year. And they showed up um, and in that snow conditions, that offensive line just was not able to, to accomplish its goals uh, going into that Cincy game. And Cincinnati attacked that offensive line purely uh, and, and really knew what to do, even though they had some injuries themselves, uh, the Bills offensive line just was not able to dictate in that game. And you mentioned Saffold. Um, I mean, he just, he didn't look good at all. The, in fairness to Spencer Brown, he was hurt and he didn't play very well uh, to the point where many people wanted to replace him for most of the off season. Uh, so they just did not have, uh, you know, Bates is now another reserve lineman who was okay. Uh, but the Bills have gotten some really solid play all season from, from McGovern. Um, Dawkins looks great and Morse Morse has stayed injury free and has been really well for the team. So really good. Some of the parts situation to where the five of them together are certainly better than maybe their individual accolades. The tackles have been playing really good football, but especially in the interior, the, some of those parts on the interior have definitely been um, better than say what individual PFF or, or all pro scores that you see from the offensive line position. So going to look forward to get into that and more um, here as we, as we preview again, another chiefs game uh, here as they just seem to always play each other at least once a year, maybe twice a year uh, in the most recent years. And, you know, it's, that, that just means it's time to bring on a friend of the show, a guy that we had on just recently, I don't know, maybe six weeks ago, eight, you know, five weeks ago, the lead analyst at Arrowhead Pride uh, and Tyler Thigpen uh, Truth. We've never gotten into that at all. <laughs> so it's time to bring up Ron. Ron, we really appreciate having you on, man. It's always fun. You know, we get you once a year and it's great to have you twice a year. So how are you feeling now um, in the last over the last six weeks? Not things have changed, right? A lot of things have changed since then. I remember, you know, y'all were, it was pretty much do or die for y'all then. And I'm just, I'm honestly glad, you know, y'all made the bounce back. First of all, I will say y'all made me a little money. I did bet on the bills to win the AFC East when they were at six and six. So shout what out to bills, odds? first of all, but what did you uh, get them at? What did you it, was, it was plus 1800. Wow. So, okay. Yes. No, it was, it was a nice little, nice little end of the season, little gift, but I also just, these are two of the best AFC teams. I'm glad, you know, th these are part of the final four matchups. Wouldn't have been right, um, you know, because the Bills are clearly, you know, one of the top four AFC teams, in my opinion. So, yeah, no, I'm glad we're here, really. Both of them are probably in the top three, uh, in my opinion, obviously. And then the, each team had a had a, had a, had a little faulting there at, at, at stretches, and they have to play again in the 2-3 game. It just seems to be one every year there seems to be somebody that may pop over them. And it's Baltimore this year. I want to start there real briefly. Do you think Baltimore gets it done against Houston? Or do you think there's a situation to where one of these two teams is hosting another game? Because that's that's interesting to me on a team that's on like two weeks of rest. Um, are they going to get it done against a hot looking Houston team? Just to, Or do you really not think they're as good as the Bills or the Chiefs? No, I... I, I do think Baltimore is going to probably handle that game pretty well. You know, I think I think the thing with the Browns defense is just they really they really did take advantage of being at home. Like they just were a completely different defense on the road. And I think I think Baltimore's defense is just a different animal completely. And especially because they're actually in Baltimore now. Right. Instead of, you know, being in Houston. So I know CJ's child looked so good. But, man, I feel like Baltimore, you know, they have such a good thing going. I think the one thing they were missing, uh, you know, in pre previous years, playoff runs is like an actual, you know, offense. You know, if they do fall behind, you know, Lamar can kind of, you know, it, it's not a run first kind of thing. You know, Lamar can kind of really throw it around. You know, they've really put up points and spurts this year through the air. Um, and the Texans defense, I think, is pretty exploitable um, overall. So, 
No, I, I, it'd be a pretty far fetch in my opinion to see Baltimore lose this one. As much as it'd be awesome to, to kind of, uh, you know, if the Chiefs were to, were to win, keep the Arrowhead Invitational rolling. Um, I really do feel like whoever wins this game is going to be heading to Baltimore. Yeah. 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 It seems likely. I agree with you. It reminds me of actually last year with the Jags. I thought they were looking good. I thought they had some, some nice looking, got hot, some nice looking components, but just, just didn't have, just didn't have enough to go into Arrowhead and, and, and take down the Chiefs though. Um, yeah, and it, it's Cedar Strat. I mean, he is a rookie. I mean, like, you know, he's been so impressive, but like, man, you know, this Ravens defense is, is you know, it, it, it's it's made other offenses look, you know, uh, you know, not as good. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I it'd be awesome, though. Hey, Mark Andrews is coming back, messes with the chemistry or something, you know, messes with the, uh, you know, what their flow's been lately. So, uh, no, that's our, that's yeah, our hope, right? I guess either of our teams are probably saying we want a home, another home game, second for you, third for us, um, that they would be able to to be able to to, to not play. And, and ultimately getting them out of the way, probably a good path for either of these winners to go through. And that's where I wanted to start with you. I mean, recap, since we saw you last time, they're in completely opposite situations. The Chiefs kind of falter a little bit at times, whether it was the Raiders or losing to the Bills. Um, the Bills obviously went on and now on a six-game win streak. So, like, obviously a little bit different there and then kind of – Get us up to speed on how you're feeling going into this, because I know there were some different opinions on in, in Chiefs land about where they were at. Well, going into the postseason in general, I think, you know, if you want to have a pessimistic, you know, the pessimistic Chiefs fan, which it was easier to be this year, right? Um, will tell you that, you know, they just really don't have the offensive execution this year that they've had in years past that that's going to propel them, you know, in the right game, the right moment. Um, I just... There's a lot of miscues when it comes to the receiving position, the offensive tackles. You know, uh, you know, we've had a rookie starting the downstretch, even though Donovan Smith did return this past game. Wanya Morris, the rookie, his first start was actually against y'all. Um, and, you know, there were some there were some growing moments that game for sure. Um, but it's not just the receivers. It's, you know, the you know, it, it's it's, you know, Travis Kelsey, you know, has had drops, you know, it's uh, it's the running backs, you know, not executing at times. You know, it's it's a lot of things. But. You know, that's the thing, uh, you know, this last game, you know, against Miami, which is which was very banged up, you know, a very banged up defense, which, you know, there is their next opponent. Y'all uh, is kind of <laughs> facing similar struggles, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, they took advantage of that. And, and that is something that, you know, they, they absolutely can do if they, they can turn it on and execute. Um, you know, it can, it can look like it did where, you know, they're, they're only you know, they only didn't score twice in meaningful drives that game. And the only two drives they didn't were just missed deep shots to McColl that he, he honestly, you know, and that, and that still tells you the receivers have, you know, a little bit to go. Um, but all that to say, you know, I think for a lot of the pessimism, the last stretch of the year, it was the chiefs offensive execution. It's just does not seem like it's good enough because the defense is playing very well. We're very confident in the defense. I'm very confident in the defense holding teams down, you know, in the twenties, uh, you know, low twenties in playoff moments, but can the chiefs offense, you know, score more than that against a, you know, a, a playoff team, you know, uh, that's, you know, I'm, I'm still, I'm still, you know, obviously they did this last game, but you know, it's not, they didn't finish in the red zone. Uh, they missed deep shots, like I mentioned. So there's still some offensive execution stuff we didn't see in this last game. Um, even though it was better than, than most of the season, honestly, down that second half of the season. For sure. Two and four stretch, three and five stretch for the Chiefs. That's abnormal to see. Any reason for that? Like, you know, factoring, you know, kind of capping off with those two wins of Bengals Chargers. But tell us what what happened in that stretch. Was it what was going wrong in that 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 three and five stretch? I mean, again, you know, I, I will say the defense had a few injuries during that stretch, which didn't you know, they weren't as dominant as they had been all year. But, 
it really was the Chiefs offense just, you know, stumbling over themselves, whether, you know, it's Kadarius Tony who literally played himself out of the lineup. I mean, he's not he's no longer in the rotation because he was costing this team so many opportunities at just dropping passes, just, you know, not running the route that correctly or lining up offsides against y'all and costing them a, a great play and opportunity to, to you know, uh, go ahead in that game. Um, he, he literally is not he was he has not been on the field since the Patriots game, which was our fourth to last game um they, they say it's been injuries right but uh he had uh he he dropped a pass in that game that turned into a, a pick that that kept the Patriots into that game and I really think since then they just haven't wanted him back on the field and have just been saying he's nursing injuries um so I I think it's stuff like that that just it really was just it, it, it frustrated Mahomes to an, a point where he is he was playing bad and you know I think in Chiefs King, it's hard for us to accept that Mahomes wasn't playing well during that stretch, but it's not because of him, to, in my opinion. It was because he just did not trust what was going on around him, um, and I think there is still something to that where it could show up in, in a wrong moment here in the playoffs, right? Like it, it, in the in the right moment, he could be trigger sh- tr- uh, trigger shy on something, or like we saw that all the you know throughout that two and four stretch you're talking about, um, and and so. I think this last game gave them a lot of confidence, you know, built to build off of, but it was, it was not, there was not comp- much confidence to be building off of from that two and four stretch for the offense. It really has just been the offense, not living up to their standards. And it's, it's an offensive, it's an off season, excuse me, an off season problem to fix. In my opinion, it's personnel. It's not really, you know, it's not Mahomes uh, needing to play better overall. It's not, you know, uh, the, I, there is some play calling stuff, but I'm not going to talk about that. It, it really is the it really is the personnel I think needs to improve this offseason. Hey, you can't do that until the offseason. So that's where they're going to be trying to overcome that this entire playoff run. Well, Ron, that being said, this is Mahomes first time on the road in the playoffs. So yeah. what can you say about that? Because I know that's a huge storyline going in. I know that Bill's Mafia is already getting crazy thinking about just blowing the roof off that stadium, the proverbial proverbial roof that we don't have but it's going to be loud in there Sunday night and everyone's going to be watching and as much as I want to think that we can get in Mahomes's brain the other part of me is like this is Patrick Mahomes and look what he did last week when you're, you're talking about the elements negative 30 wind chills and it looks like he didn't even have a bother with it and he just looked like the old Patrick Mahomes again so that's the thing that scares me a little bit where it's like we could be screaming our butts off banging the seats and everything banging the bleachers getting up for third down fourth down all that good stuff but at the end of the day it's still Patrick Mahomes Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid so I guess just what's the mood going into this week what's the vibe and how do you think Mahomes will respond and the offense as a whole yeah, there is something too. <clears throat> the Chiefs are rarely ever in this position where they are the betting underdog. Um, you know, they are like you, I mean, it is their first road playoff game. I mean, that's just tells you right there. It there is something to them playing with that mindset of, you know, uh, hey, you know, we aren't supposed to win this, right? Like we aren't the one with the target on our back. Buffalo's kind of the team with the target on their back, even though you could still make the argument that being the defending champions, the Chiefs are still the team with that kind of target on their back, but you know, there's something I've been kind of making this point, and I'm sure y'all have been feeling it, um, talking about it. I mean, you know, there is a little, there's just, there's probably more pressure on the Buffalo side to get this done, right? I mean, the Chiefs have gotten through this and won the Super Bowl before. The Bills haven't. And so I do think the Chiefs can kind of play with that, like, spoil mindset, that kind of villain mindset of, like, you know, even if we don't go all the way, even if this isn't a year we can win another ring, 
man, it'd be fun to to ruin the Bills again and and send them, you know, uh, packing another season. So I think there's something too that kind of, you know, not necessarily being the front runner. I think they're, I think they're, you know, Mahomes talked about that in the press conference today. I think they they're enjoying being a little bit of the underdog more so, even though again. Like, are they really the under, you know, I'm, you know, the bills aren't feeling like a front runner, I imagine, right? Like the bills are feeling, I imagine like they're going to be, you know, the, the team trying to take out the defending champ, right? You know, that's, there's still that motivation there, right? So you could kind of say, you know, either way, but I think the Chiefs are enjoying kind of feeling like themselves that they are truly the underdog for once. And, and that's kind of what scares me because again, right. as much as we're talking about, oh, Bill's mafia is going to be so loud to me, it's kind of like, don't poke the bear. Because if you get Patrick Mahomes mad, then we could look like the fools. You know, it's like, well, we just cheered. We got drunk out of our minds and and slapped the bleachers. We have blisters and our hands are red now for nothing, you know. But on the flip side, I think there is a lot to be said. Mitch Morse was talking about this in his press conference today, how you get under those final 15 seconds on the play clock. And that's when the home field advantage really starts to come into play. And if they can't hear they won't be able to communicate on offense. And I can attest to that for sure that he will not be able to talk to his receivers because it will be deafening in there. But that being said, I'm sure they're working on the silent cadence all week. So I guess kind of speak to that now about how you think they'll respond to that. And have they had to go through this before where they've had to deal with those loud noises, silent cadence and all that kind of stuff, the you know, nonverbal communication? Dude, it's a great point, honestly, about the receiver communication, right? Because what did I just talk about? I mean, like that's kind of been the Achilles heel of this off this team all year is just the the lack of being on the same page with Mahomes. I mean, you know, everyone sees the drops, everyone sees the penalties, but you know, really, uh, you know, as as, as you know, I, I'm I'm the lead film analyst at the site. You know, what we, I've been pointing out all year is that you know there are times where Mahomes is thrown to a spot and the receivers are just rounding off routes, they're just not cutting at the right angle, and it's just like. <laughs> like that is stuff that's hard to correct in season. And even if, if, if they can correct it in season, you know, when does that come back out? Right. Like when does that kind of lazy route running come back out? All that to say, there is stuff where as much as Mahomes feels confident and like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I got this crowd. I, I, you know, it's not bothering me. He does have to depend on his receivers to not let it get to them, let them be able to, to work through it. Uh, and, and, you know, our leading receiver, our best receiver by far, the team, the guy he relies on the most is a rookie. And 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 that's a lot, a big stage to ask him to to put up another eight catches for 100 yards, right? Uh, yeah, shout out Roy. I mean, he knows what he's talking about because it's true. There's no doubt about it. I mean, it's it's he might be the most reliable pass catcher. Travis Kelsey even this year, you know, has obviously slowed down to an extent where, you know, he drops, he has, you know, he's had a significant drop problem, honestly. It's uh, it's this last, he, he had credit for two this last uh, week, but he actually kind of had three. Um, and so all that to say is, you know, you're asking a lot for a rookie to step up and then all the other guys surrounding him are, you know, guys like MVS who have been in, unreliable all year. Richie James is playing more snaps guys. Richie James like has not played all year. He's been injured and he's, he should have been just like this team's six receiver kick returner type. And McCall Hardman is playing a bunch of snaps. This guy, he wasn't even on the team to start the year. He got traded. Uh, you know, obviously he got, you know, we got him from jets. It's just, this receiving core really is like, uh, you know, doom, doomsday waiting to happen. And so, yeah, if the rookie, you know, can't kind of step up, right, uh, and 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 show up in Buffalo, it, it, it could get, you know, that crowd could really affect the offense. But, yeah, hey, right? It's a good question here by Roy. I, I'm, I'm out on I, – I don't got the Taylor news, guys. I'm not an insider there, you know. I mean, I, I don't got that. I don't get Apparently that. Apparently they, uh, they hit some turmoil. 
So exactly. maybe that could be uh, in the Bills' <laughs> favor here. You know, rumor has it that they hit a rough patch in their relationship, but that's not for me to get into because we're here to talk <laughs> about football. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I honestly don't even I didn't even hear that rumor. So there we go. I mean, as you kind of look through like what the crowds and like, I think the narrative isn't Patrick Mahomes can't win on the road. I don't know silly enough to ever start that narrative. Um, I think the narrative, no, he just hasn't. Right. So it's just right. completely like a different scenario to where like, I don't even think any, even the craziest bills fan would say like, he can't win on the road and the play. Like, I don't think anyone would ever uh, pass that one up, but I think what is situ- right. what you brought up is where I was at with the communication with the receivers. Um, it does get very loud. And I mean, as you can attest to what has helped out your franchise many times lately and uh, in, in your stadium and equally. So like, I do think there's something to home field in the playoffs. doesn't matter as much in the regular season stats would show you, I mean, the road teams can win just as just as frequently as home teams. But there is a divisional round stat. I think 75% of the playoff home teams do win. Um, uh, and it, it does make sense because it's everything – better teams uh, and everything is very so micro-focused. And that communication is huge. Um, and that's something that – you know, the bills, the bills are pretty good at home as well. So that's, that's something that's really interesting to see uh, how this will go, but you have Patrick Mahomes, a guy that's all world. And I don't care who is receiver. I don't care if I'm out there as his receiver too, like behind Rashi Rice, I'm probably, uh, I'm probably going to maybe do better than Kadarius Tony's done um, uh, in the offense with being able to work with Patrick. So ultimately it's going to be a fun one. I think bills fans definitely Ron feel like it's as good of a chance as they've had even the, even the year two years ago where they played really well in arrowhead um but ultimately the defense was terrible like your offense was humming the bills defense was just not very good they were playing like the ghost of levi wallace uh it just it just it just wasn't really a good like their d-line was terrible like their d-line really was poor hence the von miller signing greg rousseau and others who have developed over leonard floyd who have developed over you know ed Oliver's come out of his you know shell uh that d-line was not good um, and that's what led to some of the pressing by Brandon Bean at the defensive line position. But now you got a different scenario where their D-line's really strong. Um, the Bills will get back Rasul Douglas in this game, which is a huge bonus. Uh, they basically acquired a top 10 corner. So, I mean, I didn't, I, I'd envision to see him a little bit near Travis Kelsey to see him uh, on Rice, but we'll see what they do. And they're all pro corner, nickel corner, and Taron Johnson's in concussion protocol, but was limited. Uh, which is a good first sign to being able if you're limited on the Wednesday, you generally have much higher odds than not suiting up for any form of practice. And the Chiefs are fairly healthy, right? Talk to us about that. Like, I mean, obviously everybody has their nicks and bruises, every team. It's divisional round, but you guys are pretty healthy for the most part, uh, minus a few little things here and there. And that's 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 a difference maker uh, right now because um, look at the Dolphins for they just didn't have a defense. But you guys right. ultimately, I mean, you're getting, you know, Pacheco's back and healthy. I mean, you have, uh, like you said, maybe all your tackles choices back. Like you, you're yeah. fairly healthy across your linebacking play uh, who was out earlier this year. So talk, talk to us. Any worries? I know Derek Nadi's out, but he hasn't played super well this year anyways. Yes. Yeah. No, he's uh, he's he's the only one that missed practice, which, yeah, you're right. He, he's 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 a starting those tackle, but definitely not, you know, uh, that much of a drop off to the to the rotation of those guys. But yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned the tackles, uh, you know, again, you know, Donovan Smith missed, the, missed the game. We played you guys earlier, you know, Wanya Morris there, there was, you know, a lot of us kind of, when Wanya Morris came in, we said, Hey, you know, he's not that much worse than Donovan. He's probably a better run blocker. Um, you know, let's just kind of ride him, but there is something to having that veteran. Um, Hey, he's, he's, he's won a super bowl with Tampa, um, having that veteran in the playoffs, 
especially against, you know, uh, a strong defensive line, like you mentioned, because that is one thing about last week. The Chiefs absolutely took advantage of the Dolphins being out their top three edge rushers. Uh, and and that's the thing. Trey Smith, Creed really uh, stepped up. Joe Tooney really stepped up and bullied the, you know, because Zach Sealer and Christian Wilkins are good players in the middle, but they were kind of neutralized. And then the edge rushers just, you know, they kind of neutralized themselves by not being very talented. So obviously going to be a harder challenge this week for them. But still, I'd rather have Donovan Smith in than the rookie, even though the rookie is going through concussion protocol. So it's not necessarily like we would be able um, to have him, even though he was a full participant this week. Um, you still, you know, maybe just say, let's let's go with the veteran, which I'm glad they're doing. But you mentioned the linebacker core because last time we played y'all, uh, Drew Tranquil was out and Nick Bolton was in his first game back from injury. And man, did y'all take advantage. Uh, you know, James Cook came out right at the gate and just blew by him a couple of times uh, on passing plays. It wasn't all Nick Bolton, but, uh, you know, he kind of was the, the target, I think, uh, for a few plays for the Bills, which was fair and, 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 and smart on their part. But yeah, he actually probably had his best game of his career last week. Um, and, and a lot of that is because the Dolphins had to be pretty one-dimensional. Tua was just not able to throw in those elements, and it really did it really did make it easy to defend them. You know, they, they, they were able to fly to the ball. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot of second guessing. And so Nick Bolton actually set a career high in PFF stops, uh, which is tackles that constitute a failure for the offense. He had eight of them in one game, which is actually kind of crazy. So he was all over the place. And so I do think him and Tranquil being back, that gives us a much better chance this time to kind of defend those James Cook wheel routes uh, or, you know, kind of the, the, the seam routes that he scored on last time. Um, but at the same time, you know, James Cook is that kind of player that really can give Bolton trouble in the open field. So I still think the Bills could attack them in that way um, because Bolton is, is much better in the box, you know, kind of filling gaps, making tackles that way rather than kind of in space. He'll, he won't miss tackles in space once he gets your hand, his hands on you. But you can kind of make it you, you can kind of make a miss if you're a guy like James Cook that has a shiftiness uh, in the open field ability. So I still think. The linebacker group, even though they are healthy, is going to be a key here, and the Bills could could kind of attack them not only with James Cook but with the tight ends too, right? I could see that absolutely being the strength of the Bills the now with the yeah. tight end, yeah, for sure. Right. Safety too, right? Safety has been kind yeah, of that's true. I should mention Brian Cook has been hurt, or oh, you know, he did miss the last game too. He missed y'all's game the first time, but he's our starting free safety. And Mike Edwards, uh, the Buccaneer, former Buccaneer, um, he playmaker in the back end, but he is definitely inconsistent at times. I think he actually was. Uh, part of the reason James Cook scored on that theme touchdown too, uh, the mm. first time he played y'all, he kind of over over rotated and kind of left the middle of the field open when he should have maybe just chilled out a little bit. So uh, that's kind of what he does though. He's a playmaker. He goes after the ball. He's going to try to force fumbles. He's going to try to get picks, but he will leave. He will leave spaces open at times. It hasn't bit us in the butt too much lately, but Hey, a team like uh, Josh Allen and the bills is absolutely the kind of team that could do it. Ron, I remember I asked you this last time, and I'm going to ask you again because we we're just talking about it, especially now that they're healthy. So are you guys more of a 4-3 or nickel specifically for this week? Specifically for this week, it'll be interesting. I still bet they go nickel, um, even with if you guys are in 12 personnel. I think they're going to want to match with McDuffie, Sneed, and a, a corner on the outside rather than McDuffie, Sneed, and then whether it be Leo Chanel or Willie Gay as the outside linebacker. Um, I think they they... They like being DB dominant, I should say. And honestly, the nickel package they probably will play. I, sh I, I excuse me. I honestly, I, I misspoke because I guarantee you it'll actually be um, Trent McDuffie, Lujarius Sneed, and then they actually have safety rookie safety Chamari Connor come down in the in the slot instead of McDuffie in the slot. They'll interchange it, um, but on early downs they like to do Connor on um, because he is a really uh, a really hard hitter. Or, you know, he will fill lanes hard. 
Um, so that runs that run defense um, is good, but I also think he's athletic enough to keep up with tight ends. I still do think he can get exploited in club coverage though. So they do need to be careful if the bills kind of want to attack that. Um, Cause he is definitely more of a run defender than a coverage player in the slot, Jamari Connor, but, but they will use him in the slot on early down. So I would definitely tackle. say nickel yeah. nickel, whether it's McDuffie or Connor in the slot. Yeah. I watch him. Okay, Connor, yeah, so he's a good tackler. <clears throat> Cause the depth chart that I'm looking at, they have the three linebackers listed as uh, Willie Gay, weak side linebacker, Nick Bolton, middle linebacker, and then uh, Leo Chanel as yes. strong side with uh, Drew Tranquil coming off the bench. So out of those four, who do you think would be the uh, the top two? I guess if you're a nickel, who are you gonna who are the top two linebackers? See, that's the interesting thing is they rotate them a lot, um, and I and and it's hard to tell. You know, it's hard to pick up on tendency exactly why they do it. But I do think it, it depends on what the offense does. I do think they have big nickels. You know, covered pass coverage nickels where, you know, they have Bolton and Tranquil in the field at, at the same time. At times, they'll have Bolton and Willie Gay at times. Um, you know, they will put in Tranquil in the early downs in the base defense in that four three instead of Bolton at times. Um, depending, I think, depending on the matchup, depending on the situation, uh, you know, because Tranquil is a much better coverage player, right? When he is turning his back and having to run with routes going down the field, whether, you know, and especially you know, with a team like the Bills who could get that going with the tight ends. Um, yeah, I think Tranquil is probably the better coverage player. But then obviously he can be more exploited, uh, you know, with guys like uh, in, in the run game in the box. I think Nick Bolton's a much sure, a much more sure run defender in those instances. So, Man, it, it, it's it's in, it's interesting. Um, they they don't have a really set. You know, most of the time it is Bolton and Gay as the two nickel linebackers, but they will have Tranquil in there with Bolton. They will have Tranquil in there instead of Bolton. Um, they'll mix it up a lot, and I think I think they kind of do it situationally again, or depending on how they like individual matchups with a team like the Bills. I mean, it it is interesting how they do it, and they, and they have that luxury because all four guys have been playing well this year. Yeah, like you guys have the like you said, the luxury of being able to do that because everyone's healthy. Whereas the bills yeah. are, you know, we're going to get into the injury report here. They're, they're stringing it together with rookies, AJ Klein, who was literally coming out of his RV. Now to their credit, Kevin, and I open up the show, talk about how well they played, but that just shows the difference here in these two defenses where like you guys are pretty much full force and the bills are just plugging and playing, but for different reasons. No, it's true. Uh, the Chiefs have gotten healthy at the right time on defense. Uh, you know, again, they're missing their starting free safety for the bulk of the year um, and Brian Cook. But when you think about how Charles Amenehu wasn't on this team for the first six weeks of the season, and he's arguably the team's second best pass rusher behind Chris Jones. Dude has been dominant this last stretch of the season. Um, and and it's really it's really started to, uh, you know, I think one thing that, you know, anyone that you know, Charles Amini, who's a guy that really wins as an inside situational rusher. But one thing he's been doing lately is, is actually, you know, getting around the edge and winning as a true edge rusher. And and that's kind of a little scary because that he's kind of putting together his whole package as a pass rusher. And again, they didn't have him for the first half of the season. He started to come into his own down the down the stretch. And then, yeah, Nick Bolton and Tranquil are going to be healthy. They weren't healthy the last time uh, they played. Uh, these two teams played. I will say Legereus Need battling through a calf injury didn't seem to bother, uh, you know, in the Dolphins game, right? But he was a limited participant, and, and he has been battling through that, um, you know, for a few weeks now. But I don't think that's anything to worry about. So you're right. The Chiefs defense is at full strength, and that, you know, there's no excuses in that instance, right, to to not uh, being able to limit Buffalo to an extent. And if they can't get it done, you know, that's going to be the story of the game, I imagine. 
they definitely can't don't have any excuses to to kind of your starter question. They kind of told their hand at least last week a little bit and what their what their situation is. McDuffie, Edwards, Reed, and Sneed play pretty much the entire gamut of snaps. Uh Bolton as well, for the most part, is in the majority of the game. I think he only came out two snaps from what it looks like. Um, but Jamari Connor actually plays more than Joshua Williams, um, which is interesting to me. Right. So um, they will bring him in in certain situations. So that's that's something to look out for uh, from a well, the other- line, I'm sure. Yeah, and the other thing I should say real quick is that, you know, on third down, they love to go dime and have three safeties yeah. on the field. Um, and and so Connor, most of the time in those instances, is playing from a free safety position, uh, you know, kind of a maybe a two high or one high look. Um, they do not put him in like man coverage or anything. He's really, you know, they, they try to keep it easy on him because um, he can be exploited uh, kind of when he's moving backwards. That's the one thing I said, uh, I, I said about him when I, when, you know, the pre or the once we drafted him, he was a fourth round pick. I didn't know much about him, but he was much. He looked like a much better player going forward than than backward, and I think that is still true. Um, so he could be exploited in that in that way. Very interesting. Um, so where do you think like your biggest challenge is going to be with the Bills' offense? You know, kind of wrap up the D there for the Chiefs. Do you think it's going to be the run game? I've I've seen some 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 analysts kind of kind of comment on the Bills' run game versus the Chiefs' run D. Like, where do you think is the biggest challenge if the Chiefs weren't able to get it done? Why why would that be? Like, what what would ultimately have been the reason that they weren't able to come away with a W? You know, I I think in in a way, I know it's kind of the almost the obvious answer, but if they just don't affect Josh Allen enough. Uh, in terms of getting enough pressure um, to force, you know, throwaways or forcing completions. It's because it's not about sacking him. You know, it's really hard to sack Josh Allen. It's about, you know, affecting him, taking him off his rhythm, not allowing him to just run up the middle, um, you know, when something's not there, you know, really being smart about being a pastor, right? Um, I, I think if they're, if they kind of, you know, don't play discipline in that sense and kind of let Josh Allen, you know, uh, you know, make plays uh, in terms of, you know, being able to find time in the pocket or, you know, again, scramble up, up the field. I mean, that 50 yard touchdown run um, last week was, was absurd. Um, you can't let him get space like that. <clears throat> so it's tough. Cause I think, I think that is the biggest thing. And that's what's always kind of been a challenge for the chiefs defense against the bills is, is the bills will bring out the quarterback run game. It seems like more than they do in any other game against the chiefs. Um, you know, and, and, and maybe, maybe it's just a hurdle this year. And, he and, seems to hurdle yeah, against like, you guys. <laughs> he loves hurdling us. Uh, yeah. Justin Reed knows all about that. Yeah, exactly. He does. Yeah. He's done it every year. I feel like, uh, and that's the thing is, you know, it's probably cause most, right. Most of these games are important situations. So that's the most important times to bring those out. You don't want to play those all the time, but I mean, the chiefs do struggle against running quarterbacks. You know, it's why I'm not super confident. If the chiefs were to get through this, that they play Baltimore. I think, think they've always struggled against mobile quarterbacks you know last year Jalen Hurts in the Super Bowl I mean you know we sure didn't win because of our defense uh so I think that tells you that you know the mobile quarterbacks can really mess with this team at times um because they're so they're so disciplined in coverage this year you know a quarterback that can really just like burn you even though you play perfect coverage and covered everything that that can frustrate this team and so yeah if Josh can kind of be the playmaker he is and 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 make him pay the you know, it, it, I, I do think that can be the, the key here because, you know, to be honest with you, I do think Stefan is going to be limited. I, I I don't think he'll have the greatest game. Um, I do think the Chiefs are going to make sure he doesn't. Um, but that might just lead way to guys like James Cook and the tight ends uh, maybe trying to take advantage in that way. So, yeah, I, 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 I do think containing Josh Allen, not letting him, you know, have his way too much uh, 
in general, you know, that's the way to do it. Will you spy him? Do you think he'll spy him to eat up your coverage or pass rush? Or do you not, are you going to stay disciplined in coverage? See, yeah, that's, I, I should have hit on that. Cause I talked about that earlier today. Uh, no, I, I don't think they'll necessarily spy him. I think it's all about teaching the pass rush to just play yep. with discipline and have guys, you know, playing heads up, whether, you know, one of the four guys is maybe not rushing as hard, but is just making sure he doesn't, you know, get a, a running lane up the pocket. And that's the thing that chiefs can do that because they have so many athletic pass rushers, right? Omenihu, Karloftis, Mike Dana, Chris Jones, all these guys can be end or tackle kind of players. Tershawn Wharton's another guy. And they're all guys that can cover a lot of ground that they trust to cover ground. So um, they're going to, I think, I think to your point, they're not going to spy him, but they'll have pass rushers just Close. really be on the, on the lookout, just like any mobile, you know, any mobile quarterback, you really want to rush differently. Those DN contains Y nines, anything you can do to kind of disrupt him. Rushing up the field though is is not great. Like if if you can't right. get especially him, from the front of the pocket, right? Yes. Like I really feel like if you let Josh get that, yeah, I yeah, I don't I we don't want that to happen. They're gonna be I can't imagine that, but some teams pocket. do get awfully aggressive up the field and through the middle of the pocket, and they just uh they don't realize now there's no levels there. Um, and you'll see Josh do it, and and sometimes he'll he won't do it in the regular season, as you mentioned. Um, but lately yeah. and the, the do or die stretch the bills have been playing playoff football since the last time the bills really they maybe could have overcame the loss in, in kansas city but not really um so they've really been playing playoff football uh for the better part of six weeks now so you've seen running josh uh the dolphins that will say the same they see running josh pretty 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 heavily so between the dolphins and the chiefs probably the other team that do see and the steelers did last week obviously uh <laughs> but generally when the game's on the line like third quarter, fourth quarter, you're going to see rushing Josh. And if he sees a lane to put some, uh, put a dagger in a team, like essentially like the Steelers game, he's going to to take the opportunity to, to risk it um, in order to get him, get himself into a position to where really not much can go wrong. Minus maybe playing him a homes. Like there's not much else that could go truly wrong in those games. And I know like, look, the Steelers made a little bit of a play with a blocked field goal, but ultimately the bills, the bills felt pretty straight up standard in that game last week. So they really didn't feel like much was going wrong. And look, I mean, Casey probably was rooting for a Steelers win because that was what Houston at home. I mean, oh, yeah. why not keep, I mean, that's a completely oh, different game. Why not keep that track rolling? Uh, and, you know, might as well give you into Baltimore at that point. Um, because I don't, I don't think they could have Houston could have come into, to, in my opinion, could have come into Arrowhead and win, but anything could happen, I guess. Uh, let's fast forward to now. What do you got? What are you working on? What do you got, got going on over there? You guys talking about something specifically with this game? Like, tell us about what you're thinking. Of. I've asked you about what I'm thinking about. What are you thinking about? Well, I will say, you know, I, uh, in terms of the bills, defensive injuries, I'm really curious to see how many guys you get back. Um, because the, the more guys you have out in the back seven, the more confident I am, you know, the chiefs offense can stay in that rhythm. We saw against the dolphins, but Hey, getting Terrence turn Johnson back, you know, guys like Taylor Rapp. I don't know if he's going to be back, um, this week. I don't, you know, I don't know how much he plays anyway. Um, so all that to say, you know, I, I'm looking forward to, to see, you know, that injury report, that final injury report, honestly, because, mm -hmm. you know, I, I do think I do think the Chiefs um, can take advantage uh, of a really banged up back seven. But, hey, if you guys get enough guys back, um, you know, again, I'm, I'm, you know, with the home crowd behind you, I'm that that's the key thing here. I think I think I'm confident the Chiefs defense will 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 limit to an extent. Right. And, and limit could mean 21, 24 points for the Bills offense at home. Right. Like that. You know, I think the Chiefs defense could still play well and that could be the case. It's it's on the Chiefs' offense, in my opinion, to to step up and and see if mm -hmm. they can they can overcome 
the crowd noise with the receiver communication. The one thing I wanted to mention earlier, I, I didn't get in was how about the pass protection communication? Because, you know, that's one thing this year, I will say for whatever reason, this team has not been very good at picking up stunts, picking up twists. Um, we've had a ton of free loopers get into Mahomes without, without a guy picking them up. And it's just, it's something that, you know, you don't know if the communication's just off with with the tackles or, or you know, first year guys, you know, because and they're just not, you know, uh, trading off guys fast enough. All that to say, you know, I, I think the Chiefs offense and how they kind of handle how they can execute on the road with that pressure of, of like you guys mentioned, the home crowd and, and, and having to use the silent cadence and not being able to just, you know, yell out what you want to yell out. I think it's a big deal with this team right now. I, I, I think all year we've seen this team screw up games by mis-executing on offense uh, by, you know, running the wrong running routes bad or fumbling or dropping passes. And Hey, if the pressure gets to them this game, that's, that's, that could happen again. So, but if the chiefs overcome that, if they, if they play in the rhythm they were in last week, there is a chance that they can, you know, they can outlast them um, and, and trust the defense to kind of limit Buffalo enough. So that, that's how I see the game going. Um, it's really on the offense to, We'll see how they do. That's, that's yeah. That's why. Really yeah, that. that's that side of the ball is interesting because it's hard to scheme. Because be honest, seven or eight of the names on the injury report are linebackers and corners. They're healthy on the D line. They're healthy. Exactly. Their two safeties are playing, uh, which are a huge help. But like the Bills have such a strong depth. And luckily, with through McDermott and Bean at the corner position, that like they just need to select four of the seven to play. That's kind of what happened last week, and successfully they were able to do so. So the biggest news is to say which four are going to suit up. It does look like Douglas, does look like Dane Jackson, who played a really solid football game against some talented receivers. Um, so those two, I would say, would be your starters. We'll see what happens in the nickel. We'll see what happens at the third corner. Um, and what, what were they going to do with Kyrie Elam? We'll see because he obviously stepped up as well. So the Bills, luckily, that's their deepest position on the roster. So that's one I don't envision any troubles on the boundary. That is where Sean McDermott's great. And he'll overcome that minus the the game two years ago with uh, the, 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 that corner tandem just did not work um, at any stretch of the imagination. But linebacker is going to be interesting. Who's going to be able to go? Dodson should be coming back. And he is a guy that is going to be a free agent and may see a decent contract. He's played some solid football. Um, so we'll see what he's going to be able to do. He's like kind of like a third linebacker that you guys would have in KC. I uh, kind of reminds me a little bit of Gay a little bit. So we're going to see what Dodson can do. Um, but I do envision him back and Terrell Bernard's the big story. Like he ticks in this defense. He's been a step up from Tremaine Edmonds at times. So people are going to say, Hey, can he come back from this ankle? It is looking good. Like it isn't long-term, like he could play if the bills do advance, but it's going to be interesting to see how they ultimately replace him uh, in this game. Yeah. I will say one thing you mentioned the linebackers. Uh, it, it, I haven't dug too deep into y'all's last few games film wise. Um, I'll do that later in the week, but you know, when I did the Dolphins preview stuff, one thing that, that I knew was going to end up being a, a bad thing for them was that, you know, Jerome Baker went out and number 45 for them, Duke Riley, is just an absolute liability. Yeah, um, he's just, just <laughs> it, it, I You watched the Ravens game from earlier this year. Um, he just got abused by wheel routes, by pick, pick plays, screens. And so, you know, that is something that I just – the Chiefs just – see that whenever they see a, a exploitable linebacker, they are going yep. to attack it. And so why, why I kind of preface with, I haven't watched, I don't know, like, you know, I'm 45 seemed like an absolute, like way more of a liability than I've ever witnessed a linebacker. And it, and it came to fruition. The first touch that she scored last week, he just got caught in a, in the mesh route and he just was standing frozen still What's and just got beat to the, 
to the what's corner, tough about so. that ron is that for andy's purposes he probably doesn't know and sean might not this minute either but he doesn't know which two linebackers he can prepare for because yeah that's they're true all Good different point. and the funny part is like say they tried out dorian williams for instance he's an athletic fiend he can overcome any block. He can chase players down. He's really good against the screen, really good in run, but might be discipl- undisciplined in coverage. You don't really know which, yeah. which combo or Klein's kind of the opposite where he's really disciplined in coverage, knows what's going to happen, probably doesn't get picked as easily on a screen, but just as athletically limited. Um, and then you have Dodson who, who, who has been a force. Like he's been, he's a guy that none of us wanted to see play. He was one of those guys that we were happy Terrell Bernard beat him out next to Matt Milano. And he came in next to, to Bernard for the entire season and just was a solid, solid Sean McDermott linebacker. So like, honestly, the, the trouble is like even us to, to prepare a defensive game plan. I don't know what's that. I'm sure Sean might, we don't know which one of those two, which combo they're going to roll with. So Andy's going to have to assume based on his knowledge, best of his knowledge, which two that it will be. And I'm assuming with knowing Dodson is limited today, I'm assuming he's going to go. And then on honestly next to him, no idea. So <laughs> that's, what's going to be the challenge of, of that. But yeah, let us know. I mean, I'm interested in your film study, but there isn't a ton on Klein played his first snaps last week. Dorian Williams has played so sporadically. You have some really good film and then some tougher film. Um, so it's just, and then Dodson's put on, put out some pretty PFF says Dodson's the third best linebacker in the league. That's, that's <laughs> what's absolutely insane insanity. So they like something about his film. <laughs> um, so yeah, let us know what you come up with in that linebacker film, because your guess is as good as ours. And I know Andy Reed will exploit whichever two combo that he thinks he'll see in this, in this game. And the biggest loss though, is still Taron Johnson. He is their third linebacker. Yeah. Right. So exactly. I don't think it's either of those two, to be honest. I think those are solid, better than Duke Riley. The problem is, yeah. um, is the nickel. Um, I, Cam Lewis is, is, has his moments. He's decent in coverage. He is not the same player against the run against the screen he is not the same player um so that's really where i think andy's going to be focusing is like okay the linebackers might not be much different that slot corner is going to be a huge liability because taron johnson and all pro so that's 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 the biggest challenge in my opinion right behind sneed i think or no um mcduffie right it was McDuffie. Yeah, yes yeah so it's mcduffie and johnson um yep. and they probably are truly the two best slot corners in the league uh, or playing like it so yeah. just like if you were out McDuffie, uh, probably right. be something McDermott would, or, well, you know, for us, Brady would target. Um, so ultimately right. you're going to have to let me know, but I think that's where Andy Reid's looking. If I'm looking now flip the side and I'm looking at it from a chief's perspective, the linebackers are always going to be solid with Sean McDermott, but that nickel that, I mean, this defense runs through Taron Johnson a lot of the times because he's so good in coverage. He knows the scheme inside and out. He can track pretty much any receiver. Uh, he's a great tackler. Without him, man, like that is where the liability is. And it's not just in coverage. It's going to affect them. Um, it's going to affect them against the run. Yeah, and and you're right. I mean, any second-level player, I think Andy's going to try to exploit, whether it's in the red zone, whether it's in third yeah. down and shorts. You know, he, he loves misdirection and just trying to get guys into space with a step on, you know, that linebacker, that slot guy that, you know, he just – Oh, hey, he has to hold one position and, and just has to respect something. And Andy loves to test those guys out in that way. And 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 the thing is, the best players uh, at those positions are all, you know, are, are going to be the guys that can kind of play discipline and also make the play. Taron Taron Johnson's death probably someone, you know, that that can do that over. You mentioned uh, Cam Lewis. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's the thing. Uh, or Cam Smith. Is it Cam Smith? Yeah. Uh, no, Cam Lewis. Lewis? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, you're right. You're right. right. Yeah. So all that to say, 
Um, yeah, I don't think there's going to be much of a, as a, much of a liability as, as Duke Riley was last week. He really did just allow so much uh, easy over the middle stuff. Buffalo is definitely, and that's the thing. You guys have so much experience playing this Chiefs offense. The Chiefs offense hasn't hasn't changed. There there might be using Rice and Kelsey in different ways. Maybe like Rice is kind of doing some of the Kelsey routes now, and some of the things that um, you know to kind of you know take advantage of the attention might be on Kelsey somewhere else. Now Rice is actually running those those deep crossers or those intermediate curls where he's just sitting between zone defenders, um, but he's still a rookie. And again, the Dolphins were much easy, gave them much, uh, a lot more room to work last week. It was pretty. Looks like Roy's asking if you would like uh, Gabe Davis. Uh, I, 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 I honestly do not want to see Patrick Mahomes with Gabe Davis next season. It's not something that would make me very happy uh, as much. So as... we've talked, we, it's a, it's a talking point here because it seems like he's kind of a, an obvious, uh, kind of solution maybe to like, Hey, the team isn't very good at deep throws, you know, deep balls. Uh, you know, he could be an upgrade to MBS, right? Because uh, MBS is terrible, and uh, you know, he he needs to be gone this off season. And they, but they still do need, you know, an outside receiver that's going to push safeties deep, that's going to threaten and going to actually come down with the the ball when Mahomes, you know, gives him the chance. So there is something to that. I could see him being maybe a little overpriced for what I'd like mm-hmm. to, to sign him at for sure. Cause he's not going to be a number one receiver here or anything, but there's a chance a team, you know, a team will give him some good, pretty good money. Yeah, for sure. Well, I guess sum it up. I mean, for me, it's as simple as I brought up Taron Johnson, because if he plays, I feel a lot better defensively. If he doesn't, I'm not feeling great. It's as simple as that for me when it comes to the injury report side of things, but tell me like you, I, I make you ask, I ask you every time you come on, what's this game going to look like? Give us your final score prediction and what you're thinking about. Uh, as you go do your own film study. I think it's going to be a, a rock fight. Um, honestly, um, I know Buffalo's dealing, you guys are dealing with defensive injuries, but I could really see you guys mentioned the crowd. You guys mentioned, you know, honestly, I just Sean McDermott, just knowing this offense, just knowing how to def- defend us. Um, you know, we didn't see each other. It wasn't that long ago. I could really see both sides playing pretty strong defense, at least initially. Right. Cause I, I am confident in the chiefs defense. You guys mentioned they're fully healthy. Um, you know, the bills only scored, what was it? Uh, 20 points when they came to Kansas city the last time, you know, there, there, there were things, you know, that even after they started hot with James cook, you know, the chiefs defense settled down four stops, mm-hmm. got stops late. So I do think it's going to be a low scoring game. I do think the defense, uh, defenses are going to step up, um, and, and really just kind of make this maybe not the most entertaining game. Like we were used to the, the 13 second game. I don't think it's going to look like that. Honestly, I think it's going to be a little different than that. I am. I am going to be confident in my team, guys. Uh, I, I I do think the Chiefs, I think Mahomes playing the underdog, that villain role. Hey, trust me, I've been the pessimistic guy all year saying this team is not the not the same as years past. They're, you know, they don't have it what other teams did that won the Super Bowl. That said, you know, it's it's one game at a time now. And man, you know, I I, I do think Mahomes finding that rhythm in the negative sub-zero to temperatures last week. You guys kind of mentioned how impressive that is. It it was pretty crazy to see him just sling around the rock in those temperatures, I think he will, uh, will this team enough to like a 21, 17, win, a 23, 20 kind of win. Um, and, 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 you know, I almost feel bad saying it y'all. Cause you know, I, I, I appreciate y'all. I am, I'm a huge fan of Bill's mafia. You know, <laughs> I, I'd hate to see y'all uh, headed home, but Hey, you know, I, I, I what can I, will say? you overcome Baltimore? Final question. <clears throat> see, that's, I, I really, I don't think I would pick the Ravens to beat us then. Um, in Baltimore, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. No, I, I, I okay. I'm here. I think the Chiefs um, are in a position where they could play spoiler, and it could be kind of the highlight of the season. Then you know, uh, kind of reality could set in again. 
but reality could set in this week too. So I, you know, I'm, I'm, I think, I think uh, this team, you know, really took advantage of a Dolphins depleted team last week in the sub-zero temperatures. Dolphins had no yeah, chance. It was a good matchup for them. Yeah. There's a really match. a chance that that was, you know, that could have been fool's gold. And so, you know, Hey, I, I could be getting fooled by that a little bit, but again, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in favor of the Chiefs defense being healthy and Mahomes uh, playing a little villain arc, you know, kind of being excited to do that. Well, Ron, we really appreciate you coming in. The 45 minutes you gave us is always great as ever. What do you got working on? Show us where you tell us every time, but tell us where Bills Mafia can find you this week as you do break down a little bit more with the injury report and and your film that you're looking at. Yeah, I mean, honestly, if if, uh, if anyone's sticking around on YouTube, we're going to be going live here in a little bit uh, to break nice. down the X's and O's from the Chiefs-Dolphins game, kind of showing what the Chiefs did. I'm going to be looking at the offense, kind of how they executed some of the big plays they manufactured. So, yeah, that we're doing that. I'll have five things to watch. Uh, that is my preview article every week. Uh, we'll have that out. Um, you know, I again, I, I'm going to be looking at the Bills a little bit more um, starting tonight and tomorrow for uh, for kind of a friday uh thing so look out for that i don't know exactly what i'm gonna point at yet y'all i'm i'm okay i'm, I'm, I'm kind of waiting for something to, to to pop out at me to, to really focus in on um uh, with with what this matchup's going i know we talked about josh allen um but you know there's there's a few other things obviously with this game so appreciate y'all having me man this is always a good time yeah y'all, y'all Ron, we really appreciate job. you as always for another divisional round matchup Wish it was the championship game, but this is what they're both of our teams put us in position to be just a divisional round, both of our faults uh, to have this is not the championship game. So it is what it is. But Ron, thank you so much for coming on. I'm looking forward to seeing your film uh, study and your and your show coming up live. Thank you so much. We'll catch you. We'll catch you soon. Yes, sir. All right. Good luck this weekend, y'all. Thanks, Ron. See you soon. Appreciate you as always. And that was Ron, one of our favorite guests out of Chiefs Kingdom. Always great, uh, great to have Ron um on the show as uh, a really great guest that we have each and every season and twice a season sometimes kevin uh, but we're gonna have banged up bills on here momentarily but what did you take away from what uh what what ron was able to tell us well yeah you know i think that'll segue into the uh, injury report that i was kind yep. of previewing earlier so let's take a look at this because that is my main concern right now like i feel very confident i feel good about josh allen going on a heater but this is what we're dealing with right now. And like you said, if we can get Taron Johnson back, that's big. The fact that Rasul Douglas should be back, that's also big. And hopefully Dodson. I mean, those three are huge. And then let's take a look at the rest of them now. So this is from uh, Joe Biscalia of The Athletic. This is from 1 o'clock today. Christian Benford, Terrell Bernard, Gabe Davis, Sam Martin, Taylor Rapp, and Balen Specter did not practice today. Taron Johnson was limited and Douglas and Dodson practiced in some capacity. So like I said, the final three are huge. The first six are also big, but if the final three can all suit up, I feel a lot better. And I also feel a lot better considering that Terrell Bernard was literally carted off, and now they're saying that it looks like he avoided worst-case scenario, and there might be a slim chance that he could still potentially play. I mean, we'll we'll get a better answer here coming up, Um, but... Either way, I feel a lot better than I did, let's say, third quarter, fourth quarter on, on Monday night. So I think that segues us perfectly. Yeah, into and we have our special injury guests. I've been meaning to have Dr. Kyle Trimble on all season. Uh, I talked to him quite frequently, but it's great to have. I mean, there's no better time than now in a divisional round playoff game that has so much meaning, a lot more meaning than a week four game. 
uh, coming through. We really appreciate you, Kyle. Thank you so much for the super chat. Before Kyle, Dr. Kyle Trimble comes on, uh, that means the world to us, Kyle. Thank you so much. Uh, but it's time to welcome to the stage and to the forefront, Banged Up Bills. Kyle, how are you doing today? And you got your work cut out for you this week, huh? <laughs> I do. I do. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, I definitely have my work cut out for me. Thankfully, there's stuff that carries over from last week to this week, especially for the Chiefs stuff, but just a ton of information to kind of sift through and find out where the truth lies in between all the different things we're seeing. Starting the offensive side, not ton there, but Gabe Davis, a guy that many thought was a one-week thing. We saw some Bills players saying, we're going to play for Gabe. Um, you know, We hope he come come back. Early reports were maybe a grade one, maybe a situation to where he was able to play after one week off. What's it looking like for Gabe in a game and a team that usually does not like to see Gabe Davis? So what, are, what what's it looking like on the offensive side? You hope that he can come back and practice some capacity uh, this week. We saw a lot of guys do not participate this week, which isn't surprising because it's only Wednesday. Especially two days after a game like that, they just need rest. You know, it's a cold game. They just need time to kind of really give their bodies a chance to rest and recover. Gabe has had a week and then some. The issue with the PCL injury is – the fact that that stops the tibia from moving posteriorly. So the knee's going to hyperextend if he tries to push off it or if he tries to jump and land on it there. So he could do initial damage to it if he was to try to play through that and, you know, really attack using the leg. But even if you're bracing up, work on stability with the quads and hamstrings, there's a chance that he could land on the ground again, injure it further. He could, hyperextend a little bit and cause that that instability that he would have there. So I want to see at least a limited practice out of him this week, see if he could test it out there. You know, the concern is the PCL could be lingering a little bit more. Maybe he misses this game. We'll have to wait and see, but we know that Harrison Phillips suffered this injury, I think about two or three years ago mm. um, against the bears. And he was for out about three weeks with the same injury. So um, I know defensive tackle position is different than wide receiver position, but they're still having to push off the leg. They're still having to uh, pivot and you just want to make sure that you're not going to lead to an early exit because you're trying to play through something you shouldn't be playing through. Yeah, for sure. What's your guess? Best guess. Do you think he gives it a go or do you think he's someone that may have to wait if they were able to advance? <laughs> I'm leaning toward, he might have to wait a little bit just because okay. it just seems like that just with the PCL, like, could he play if it was Super Bowl? Maybe, but I just think if you think of the team, especially with all the issues they have, and they can account for him on offense, give him another week to rest right. up, and then you really attack him, and that's a fresh guy, you know, two weeks off if you play an AFC title game. Weird step he took against Miami. That was a strange scenario in that game. Unfortunate there for him when he does seem to play well at this time of year. Um, whether he has struggles or not prior is is not usually the issue. He does show up against the Chiefs specifically, and he does play well in stretches here. So they will have to rely on Shakir. But as we switch sides now to the defensive side, lots to go over there, mostly nameably at the linebacker and cornerback positions. Let's start at linebacker with Dodson. Looks like he was McDermott said himself. He was the closest one ready to go. Seems that that's going to be a bracing situation, maybe some 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 pain relief, getting ready to go at the linebackers being injured now. I think it's he's forced to play, right? Pretty much. I mean, with all the injuries we saw on uh, Monday night, I mean, it's fortunate that he had a week off to get you know, rest and rehab and he could at least come back and play at an acceptable level. You know, the concern when he suffered the injury against Miami was I thought initially AC joint sprain, then you're kind of looking at and the AC joint sprain is more laterally compressed where you kind of land on the side and he hit more over the top. And then you start looking at, you start thinking maybe rotator cuff, start thinking labrum. 
And in either case, you can just put a harness on and play, and there's definitely going to be weakness and instability in there. But if you do a lot of strengthening in the area and just give it some time to, to recover, you can at least get through you know, the next few games here. Uh, we saw Jordan Phillips play through the same type of injury last year. Those His was a lot more severe, and he had to miss some time, uh, unlike Dod- or like Dodson. But the issue is, you know, as long as Dodson doesn't try to hit super hard with his left shoulder, I mean, he can still wrap up guys and still, you know, do the things he needs to. But if he's not being a missile leaning with his left shoulder, he's going to be able to get through the game and at least be acceptable and pass coverage and everything else. Good. That's a good, that's a good addition that the Bills really need. And then kind of next to him, Spectre, any, uh, that back was a weird trying to recover the fumble, the knee right to the back. Seems to always be unlucky with these injuries um no shot there are we thinking his running mate might not play there it's gonna come down to pain i mean when you get a direct shot like that you think it'd be a kidney and if that was the case they would be a little more forthcoming i think with that because you don't you don't try to play through a bruised kidney or bruised uh, internal organs like that then you start thinking is there some transverse process uh spinous process fracture is there just a lot of um, spasming in the area we don't know that for uh, exactly but even if that's the case, it just comes down to pain issue. Like even if there's a fracture in the back, it just comes down to, can you numb it up enough? Cause it, there are attachment points for the spine, but it's not a, a stability thing where it's like, if he were to have that fracture, he couldn't play through the injury there. So um, it might just come down to pain, but considering the depth issues they have there, give him a shot and get him back out there. That's kind of where I'm at. It's not a position where they kind of like corner where maybe they can mix and match, but I mean, they really need to figure something out at linebacker. And then lastly, kind of at the linebacker, not lastly, Milano's obviously out. Doesn't doesn't seem like there's any hope. I was kind of in the camp that maybe he'd return, but I have not heard good things from my sources. Are we not thinking likely on Milano? And then lastly, Bernard right next to him too. That looked way worse. You know, I saw original, some people say Achilles. I didn't look Achilles, but then it went to broken foot with the air cast. Luckily it wasn't that. So we're getting better. Are we thinking the Gabe Davis situation where it survive and get him? Or are we thinking that he pushes to play? Um, especially obviously with no Milano, maybe no, you know, who, wh- where are you at with Bernard? Uh, I mentioned the Milano thing. The, the little bit that I do hear, I'm not hearing good things of Milano either. So anybody that's thinking Super Bowl, it's, it doesn't sound like it's going to happen. And you know, that's, that's fine. They they've filled in around him. And that's just how it is. So as for Bernard, he did have an injury against the Chargers. Um, he suffered what appeared to be a possible medial ankle sprain slash high ankle sprain. And the reason I say slash part with that is because every time it looks like a medial ankle sprain, it ends up kind of being a high ankle sprain anyway. We saw that with uh, John Brown a few years ago. We saw that with that all over a few years ago. So it just kind of comes down to there's definitely a type of instability already. When his uh, foot hit the turf, and it was obviously a very hard turf due to the cold and whatnot, he laterally um, – inverted the foot so it, it turned inward so he uh, definitely damaged some of the um, outside ligaments so if you have some damage from the inside ligaments from when he injured against the chargers and that's still healing up you add some outside damage in there too leading to greater instability in there obviously the fact that he didn't fracture the leg is great because that would not have been able to come back i don't care how tough you are but if there's already instability in there there might be some pain swelling already damaged but if there's already damage in there he might be able to just say hey let's play through this tape it up a little bit so at some point with some of that stuff you can't really damage it worse than it really is unless you break it so this might have been a benefit that there was maybe some damage in already it might just come down to can they get the shoe on can they tape it up can he give enough stability in there to at least get through the game and it just is what it is but i if he gets a limited practice in there a decent shot he plays on sunday 
Absolutely. And kind of as you kind of continue down to the corner room, how are you feeling about Rasul Douglas playing? Are you feeling in a pretty good situation there? Like where, where do you feel about Rasul? Where do you feel about the rest of the corners? Uh, Douglas, he said he's going to play. He was saying that last week. I was actually talking with Thad Brown um, today out of Rochester, and he was saying that, you know, Rasul was very confident. He was almost like mad as the way Thad put it, that he couldn't play last week. You know, the recap real quick, he had uh, got friendly fire from Micah Hyde and it was at least a, a contusion with the possibility of MCL sprain. And at that point, how effective can you be as a cornerback trying to pivot off that leg constantly? So I think it was the right move to sit him out, even if he felt he could have played, because these guys will say they can play and they're going to be popping around one leg and saying it's no big deal. So the fact that we saw the other injuries in the cornerback room uh, this week is good that Douglas at least got a week off and is ready to go. So no concerns with him moving forward. Um, as for the other cornerbacks, uh, we saw Christian Brentford go down trying to take out Pat Fryermuth on that fumble that wasn't a fumble. And it's just unfortunate how that play ended up. But by video, there was concern for a meniscal tear um, on the medial side. If it's small enough, we've seen guys try to play through those injuries and, and still be somewhat effective. I mean, they might need to get things cleaned out after the season, but that's after the season. So um, it might just come down to pain, swelling. Can he get full range of motion out of it? And you could see during the game that he was trying to work through it, uh, keep the knee loose and see if he couldn't come back at some point. Fortunately, they didn't need him, but it might just come down to can they get things in check. So he'll be one to watch just to see if they can get him out there. And then the other quarterback asked for Tron Johnson. Um, the stats weren't great for guys that suffer more than one concussion a season. I had posted that guys that suffered a concussion and then a second concussion take longer on average to come back in a median 12 days, which is twice as long as you know what we need for him to come back. Um it's also important to note that he did clear concussion protocol the previous four times he's had concussions, which is pretty impressive. I mean, in terms of clearing it within under a week, so he hasn't missed any games due to concussions. So the fact he's limited today, even a workout or in a, in a walkthrough, suggests that he's at least maybe in stage three. If it is, that's impressive. Um, but each concussion is unique, so it's hard to predict against this stuff. We're just going off of what the research shows, the averages, and with head injuries – you know, how they've taken that stuff seriously in the NFL football. We don't want to be messing around with that and causing long-term damage to these guys. Absolutely. So no, you don't think, do you think any chance of Taron or do you think he's out for the week? The fact is limited gives me a shot. I mean, if he was, did not participate, I'd be like, okay, he's not going to play. But the fact Next, that yeah. he limited, there's a shot, which I mean, anytime I see guys who I don't think are going to play and they play, Great. You proved me wrong. I'm just some guy on a couch with a physical therapy degree, giving my two cents there. You know, if I'm in the room, that's one thing, but I'm just giving my thoughts and I'm happy to be wrong because that's only going to benefit the Buffalo Bills to see their guys out there playing. Absolutely. Anything so we're how, missing? If, I was going to say, what's your best idea of what the defense could look like? Because the defensive line, luckily, is, is healthy. And then the two safeties with Hyde and Poyer, but really, it's the middle of the field between the linebackers and then Taron Johnson as the nickelback and then on the outside with the corners. So I guess just looking at it from the linebacker and corner perspective, what's your best idea of what the depth chart is looking like and what the starting lineup could look like? Uh, I mean, it's it, what boys down to is next guy up. But I mean, you're looking at Teron Johnson. If he's out, you got Cam Lewis up in there. And then I don't know that you can put. Taylor Rapp, I know they brought him down. They've also brought Jordan Poyer down. So they're going to try to mix and match guys and get them out there. Obviously, you lose some depth on that end. But 
you could also bring in Demar Hamlin, who played for Taylor Rapp uh, last week, and you know he could just be the extra depth guy, and then you start moving chess pieces around. So if you're gonna be missing the middle of the field, you're gonna have to bring some of those guys down and force them to play that in the secondary, and then you know the, the linebacker role. Um, they don't have a ton of other guys on the practice squad for linebacker, so it's like you probably just try to mix and match and whoever you can get out there. Klein might be starting Dodson. Um, Williams will have to be a depth guy because, I mean, every time I hear his name pop up, it's don't let him get out there because he's going to be exposed, but he's got to get some playing time. So, you know, Sean McDermott, this is his bread and butter defense. He's going to find a way to mix and match. Um, there's guys much smarter than me that know how to mix and match that to, you know, maximize um, different assignments and matchups, but uh, just bring anybody down that's hard hitting and put them in, in the linebacker role just so that you can get through this game and hopefully win. And then I don't know if we mentioned this yet, but Sam Martin, is that likely out for him now that they brought in Matt Hawk today? It pretty much would be. I mean, the fact that he's a punt and that that muscle was still – it was definitely uh, strained. So the fact that he was able to loosen up and at least get one more punt off and then still hold was, was promising. But I, I don't see how he can punt effectively because he you need to generate so much power off that left leg. Even though you're kicking up at the right leg, he still has to plant on that left leg and he has to extend his hips. And there's just a lot of momentum off of that there. And then he has to hop back down and then try to run down the field. I don't know how he would play. And I mean, they're smart to bring in Matt Hawk. He's familiar with Reed Ferguson. He's familiar with Tyler Bass. He knows the setup. It's going to take some time to get back up to speed. But if he plays, I mean, I, I want to find out the drugs he's on. <laughs> Very interesting. And then lastly, Jordan Phillips. Supposed to be back. Any reason why? I mean, the Bills don't really need. That's the one position I wouldn't say. You think that's more what it's about, the need there yeah. at the DT? Yeah. I yeah. believe even, I think most of the beat reporters, including Elena Getzenberg, he even said that, you know, he's eligible to come back, but they haven't opened the 21 day window up yet. Uh, I mean, he did this because his wrist. I'm sure he's still going through rehab. I mean, even though he can come back in a few games, like we thought that he could come back against Miami. And then that's even did say that. And then they put him in injury reserve. So it comes down to a numbers game. Um, you know, makes sense. Yeah, that, uh, why why rush him back out there? I mean, what's what's another week of rehab? And if you don't have the spot to put him on, who are you cutting for him? I mean, uh, the defensive line's pretty solid right now. I wouldn't want to cut Linval Joseph to have Jordan Phillips back on. I mean, you know, just wait till there's an injury, then pop him back in there and you know plug and play at that point. Yeah. Plus, you know, they're, they're already inactivating Puna Ford right now. Mm -hmm. So they, they just don't have the spot. Luckily, that one is one healthy position. Kyle, thank you so much for all of your injury updates. Give us your fine. Like, hey, injuries aside, what do you think is going to happen um, on Sunday night? Like, give, give us your best picture. And then obviously, actually, anything KC related we should be worried about on their side? I mean, obviously, anything you were you're watching or anything you noticed? Uh, there was a few things with KC. Uh, so Derek Nanadi is the defensive tackle. He suffered a what looked to be a left tricep injury um, late in the second quarter. It wasn't great, great view because it was on broadcast. So he kind of got bowled over. And I don't know if he had his arm pushed back when he was trying to extend it, which could cause the tricep strain. I assume that's what it is because he fell back. And then you can tell his arm was kind of hanging off to the side. It was originally an elbow. And then they transitioned to a tricep today on the injury report. So if he, if it is a true tricep strain, it's going to be really tough to block and try to swim through and just get everything moving with those arms moving forward there. So they have pretty good defensive tackle depth from what I've seen, at least on the defensive line as a whole there. So I think they could probably count for him. I don't know that he's a starter. It looks like they rotate a lot of guys in their defensive line from looking at his snap counts. 
And then, yeah, Kadarius Tony, who missed last week due to hip and ankle injury. I don't have a ton of information on that. Uh, Justin Ross, um, I'm surprised he's even playing football. I mean, with all the injuries he had coming out of Clemson, he did have a hamstring injury. I'm looking up right now when he suffered the injury. He suffered it in week um, 18, and then he was unable to practice most of last week before missing. So, who knows if he's going to go? They got Sky Moore, who's come back from a knee injury, near knee irritation, suffered back, I believe, week 15. So they could be a swap out if they need to with that. Um, Wayna Morris, their offensive tackle, missed last week doing concussion. He's coming back, but they also have Donovan Smith, who worked through a neck injury, missed late half of the season. Um, he's the starter, though. So they have a lot of injuries on the injury report, but I wouldn't read too much into it because a lot of guys are practicing full, they're fairly healthy. Um, they're in a better position from an injury standpoint than the bills, but that's just how it goes. And, you know, we just have to find out who really has what it takes on Sunday. And then as for prediction, I'm going to go bills, 27 chiefs, 22, and there we make is. a final defensive stop and, you know, shut them down, you know, and, and move on to the AFC title game. There it is. Kyle, I, I have you... one more quick one. Oh, go ahead. Um, sure. Sure. <laughs> do we have an update on Von Miller because it looked like he was finally starting to get back into form on Monday. So is he ramping up now? You know, obviously we're in the thick of the playoffs, and this is when the time is supposed to be here for Von Miller. So do you have any inside information about Von Miller and whether or not he's feeling back to himself? Uh, I don't have any inside information as to whether he's feeling back to normal. I think he probably feels normal, but it just the things that his brain wants to do and his body wants to do just haven't been clicking. I mean, we've even seen improvements. I saw there was one play in the game where he had a real nice spin move, got in the backfield, and he didn't quite make that connection with Mason Rudolph. But like you see him just make that one step and get a little bit more every time, and they're limiting his snap counts so that he's not getting tired and then he's becoming ineffective. And I know a lot of people can't stand the fact he's getting paid all that money and he's not making, you know, being productive. But it just he's chipping away every time. You see him just do a little bit more, so, you know, just the flashes here and there. And that's what we were expecting during the coming off an ACL tear. Uh, so it's just maybe he makes that big move against Patrick Holmes. I mean, he did that last year when he played Kansas City in the regular season. We saw that um, in other times where he's just like, he's there, he's there. I'm hoping maybe he just finally starts getting it. Just that all we need is one play from him. We don't need you know vintage Von Miller. That'd be great. But we see one play and be in a key moment. And suddenly he's going to be great, like Kyer Elam, like um, Balen Specter, like the guys that just step up in the right moment. So it, we're going to see him hopefully back to more normal next week, or I mean, not next week, next year. But right now, I just want one big play that could be the game changer. Agree with you, Kyle. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate you spending a few 20 minutes with us um, and follow your page as well. Anybody that knows me, follow banged up bills for the best bills analysis and injury analysis out there. And I'm sure you'll be bringing us updates as you see fit throughout the weekend in this really important, uh, this really important game. Thank you so much for coming on. Anything else you're working on? Anything else you want to share? Uh, I'm working on something about stuff on digs. You know, there's some issues about him coming out with a potential injury. Um, Found some different stuff that might that might have stats to show with that. Still working on fleshing out the details of that and make sure it all works. And then you're still going to have the uh, injury report coming out on Friday or Saturday when that all gets done and just what the analysis looks like. So those are the big things I'm working on. Then I got some stuff in the off season I'm still trying to flesh out too. So there's always going to be something going on, draft prep, whatnot. But uh, keep tuning into the page, and I'll be trying to give you the best information possible on all the injuries. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on as always. Uh, always great to have you and maybe we'll see you next week if we can. So thank you so much for popping on for a little short bit here. Right, thank you. Yeah. Thanks as always. Uh, so one of my favorite from the show, Dr. Kyle Trimble is one of the best in the biz at figuring out uh, these injuries live on the spot and going through, you know, who he knows and his sources as well to break down uh, the best uh, injury analysis that we have uh, out there. But Kevin, it's time for our wrap up segment as well. But always this show is brought to you by the Summit Center. Get out there and check out some of the best autism care for adult and children in the Buffalo and Western New York area. Uh, it means drastically to everybody uh, involved in the community. And finally, tonight's show is brought to you by Tuscany Market and Deli in Fredonia. Tuscany is a locally owned Italian deli and specialty grocer, offering an old school butcher shop with homemade sausage, burgers, and more, as well as a full-scale deli, subs and sandwiches, fresh produce, Italian imports, kitchen supplies, home goods, and much more. You can find Tuscany on Facebook and Instagram and visit their shop at 450 East Main Street, right on the corner of routes 20 and 60 in Fredonia. There you have it. Um, thank you so much for all of our sponsors as well. Kevin, it's time. Uh, you know, we kind of ran a little late. Uh, we do have a few minutes to put in our score predictions here quickly. Why don't you tell us where you're leaning? Uh, bring us home with your score prediction here in this game. Well, I'm going to combine two segments into one. So real quick, I want to pull up the stats that I compiled today. And then we will formulate our score predictions based off of that. So... Let me get this out of here real quick so you can see all the stats. So total offense, the the Bills are fourth in the NFL. Kansas City is ninth. And then passing, Kansas City has a slight edge over Buffalo, six to eight. And then rushing, here's where Buffalo has Kansas City's number as they are putting up over 130 rushing yards per game. And Kansas City is a tick under 105. And then scoring as well. You know, we've talked all year about how the Chiefs offense has been down and the Bills are sixth in scoring. Kansas City is 15th. And then we move over to the defense here. This is where Kansas City has the edge over the Bills, especially talking about these injuries. As you can see, total defense passing. The Bills run defense is slightly better than the Chiefs, but then scoring. Chiefs are only giving up 17.3 points per game, but not far behind. The Bills are giving up 18.3. And then looking at the additional stats, the Bills are winning the turnover differential. This is a one big takeaway that I had while looking at these today. The Chiefs are tied for 28th in the entire league with a minus 11 turnover differential. They only have 17 takeaways, and they've given the ball up 28 times. So as much as people want to say Josh Allen is a turnover machine, look at that. They are neck and neck. They've both given up the ball 28 times this year. And then sacks, Kansas City 57, which is second in the league. Buffalo is fourth with 54. And then the Bills have them with the point differential as well. Not by much because Kansas City is right behind in sixth place. But still, that's a pretty good edge there for the Bills. So all that to say, I have the Bills winning this 27-24. I just have a really good feeling. I think Josh Allen is going to continue to be playoff Josh Allen. And I think that this is where we get our revenge on Kansas City. I think we're going to rewrite our wrongs and that the Bills defense is going to come up big on the final possession. Once again, just like they did on December 10th in Kansas City, and they're going to stop Patrick Mahomes and this Chiefs offense. And the Bills are going to be victorious and go to the AFC championship. I'm not going to say that the Texans are going to beat the Ravens and we're going to host the AFC championship. I'm not going to go that far. 
but I feel really confident about the Bills being in the AFC Championship. There you have it. Any anything specific to that game? Do you think uh, do you think Houston can pull it off real quickly or no? I mean, I think they do it with CJ Stroud. He looks really, really good. And like you already alluded to earlier in the show, Baltimore is on two weeks of rest here, essentially, you know, rest in their starters against Pittsburgh. And now they had the first round by that always scares me because they might look really rusty and a team, a young, hungry team like the Texans will take advantage of that. So it is very likely that the winner of this game could be hosting Houston for the AFC championship. There you have it. Uh, I think I agree with both Kevin and Ron in their assessments. I think that this is going to be a very low scoring game, uh, more so than we've seen. I think it's going to be more similar to the first matchup between these teams. Um, I do have the Bills righting the wrongs and, and making it through. I really think that this is this is a situation to where they match up well, but we got to see what these defensive injuries hold uh, going forward. And I think this could be the year that they finally put to bed any narratives that they cannot beat the Chiefs in the playoffs specifically. And I've been leaning toward a score prediction of 23-17. Um, and I think that the Bills' defense will finally close out the the right again against Mahomes in the third straight time where the defense has been able to get off the field in a winning situation where Mahomes will need a touchdown to go ahead and win the game, uh, and they will not be able to do so. So there you have it. Uh, there is our score predictions. Uh, you got Ron picking um, the Chiefs in a close game. You got Dr. Kyle Trimble picking the Bills by five. You got also Kevin picking the Bills and myself. Uh, picking the bills in this one. It's going to be a great one, one for the ages. Um, and thank you all for tuning in from all of our show sponsors and everybody that's been able to be uh, part of this. We really appreciate everybody tuning in from Summit Center, Larson, Timco Funeral Home, Sons of Erie, and Tuscany. Uh, we really appreciate everybody being here. And we'll be back next week, as always, Wednesday at 7, to, to preview potentially an AFC Championship game. If not, give up our wrap-up thoughts on the season. But we're going to go with previewing for the AFC uh, championship game, Kevin. Any final thoughts? Final thoughts. If you can get out to the stadium, get out there because it is going to be a wild scene, especially if Taylor Swift ends up coming. I, you know, I don't want to be one of those guys to get into the whole Taylor Swift talk, but considering the fact that Kansas City finally has to come to Buffalo, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Taylor Swift if she comes, Andy Reid, Everything that we work for this year comes down to this moment. And for as much as we've talked about it, I mean, it's true. Bill's backs were against the wall, six and six. We didn't know last time we talked to Ron, we didn't know if we'd be here. And you know what? Alan Mahomes is a matchup that we have once again. A lot of people are comparing it to the modern day version of Manning and Brady. And man, it is going to be a fun one. So if you have enough money saved up, make sure that you try to go make some noise to wreak havoc on the Chiefs. There you go. From everyone at the Going Deep Podcast and the Built in Buffalo Network, we appreciate everybody tuning in. Until we catch you next time, next Wednesday at 7, we'll see everybody shortly.